March 2020 was the last time life felt normal. I lived in a house in Maryland. I worked in an office in downtown Washington, D.C. I had a dog. I had a girlfriend. In March 2020, even though the whole world was about to change for us all, I was still oblivious to how significant my life changes would be and how close those changes were. And I know I wasn't alone. Trying to pick up all the pieces I have done this once before There I'll scattered on the floor But I go dancing in my head 700 miles away, Alec Kokel was writing an album about coming together in the face of adversity and finding self-love. He called it Complex Houseplants. It was just a lot of sedentary life and kind of being a houseplant, being a fixture, being very solitary, but still craving sunlight and nourishment. We're all kind of needing love. We're all needing care. We're needing to be with others. And it was kind of what was kind of killing us all. Fast forward two years. It's the first time I see Alec Kokel play guitar. Doing what a lot of Nashville musicians do. He's on stage in someone else's band. Playing their songs, filling out their sound. It's a cottage industry in this town. And on the Independent Minded Podcast, it's a great way for yours truly to connect with more creatives. I watch Alec play guitar and sing backing vocals for a previous podcast guest. Alicia Blue, inside Dee's Country Cocktail Lounge. He's got his own little space on the right side of the stage. He's not flashy. There's no showboating here. No solos, no spotlight. But he's solid. His job is specific. And he does it well. After the show, on my way out the door, I shake Alex's hand. I tell him how great he was. How he nailed all the harmonies. The connection is made. The rest is up to us. And Alec, like most independent musicians who are on top of their shit, gets back in touch quickly with an invitation to listen to his band, Safari Room, a three-piece indie rock act he formed with his bandmates Chris and Austin when they all attended Belmont University. Safari Room operates, it's kind of me as the creative hearth, and then Chris and Austin joining in um, midway through the songwriting process and adding musicality and details to that. It's a delicate balance being on Alex's side of this relationship, being the leader. I've been on that side a lot more than I'd like to be. It's a heavy lift. Hi, my name is Ron. Please listen to my stuff. Here's my card. Here's my email. Here's my number. Here's the Bandcamp link. Here's a Dropbox link. Here's a SoundCloud link. Here's my Instagram. Here's my YouTube page. Please don't share it. Please don't steal it. Hope you dig it. It's the sort of perennial pitch that makes you want to go shower off the shame of self-promotion afterwards. It's not shame, really. But it just feels icky. And when a good majority of the correspondence turns one-sided, the following up becomes disheartening sometimes exhausting, 
But without a label or an agent or a manager, this is all part of the game. So when artists reach out, I always try to respond. And I always at least listen. And that's how Alec Kokel and I wind up here on episode 124 of the Independent Minded Podcast. And I don't mean how we wound up here physically. I walked. I mean spiritually. Alec showed up to Nashville a lot of years before I did. He's originally from Nebraska. And while doing all the things for Safari Room, he hustled. Being the reliable sideman. He worked at the container store. Now he works in a church. But Alec's real holy land is the stage. And his passion for Safari Room is his religion. It provides such a balm for my soul, getting to tour with some of my best friends, that's unbeatable as far as experiences go. And so for me, creating the last record was an absolute revitalization. And I think this next record is already feeling like that, where it's like, okay, I hustled for a year and a half doing the business stuff. And so creating again feels rejuvenating again. Now that his soul's been replenished, it sounds like that work and that worship will continue. I think for me, as long as that itch is still there to create in two, 10, 30 years, I'm going to do it. Alec and I talk about that itch, how it got there, if he puts any cream on it, plus his strong push to succeed, panic attacks, church choirs, coping mechanisms, and how he went from rascal flats to rage against the machine. Good thing it wasn't the other way around. Let's play a little bit of It Just Takes Time from the album Complex Houseplants, then my conversation with Alec Kokel of Safari Room, right here on Independent Minded. Come on, let's go! It's Ronnie Scalzo's amazing podcast. It's Ronnie Scalzo's amazing podcast. He's talking to people who make art and music. He's plugging their projects. He's making them famous. He's helping them out just by making them talk about all the cool shit that they do. Myself around my hand. Twelve angry souls just trying to get a word in. Seldom do they back down, and the result is to numb out. Going through it on my own, cause I'm afraid to bring it up. Mother's overthinking and my father's discontent with everything Mix it up with my millennial angst and ceaseless wondering Maybe I'll even now run away like shining through the clouds Pick myself up off the floor
Well, this band is not Alec Hochul. Exactly. It's Safari Room. Right. You know, what's the meaning behind that? Yeah, so the meaning behind Safari Room, let's see if I can get it in my sound bite. It's the idea that you can reframe or refocus your thoughts and surroundings to better persevere through situations. Imaginative reconstruction and recontextualizing. Coping mechanisms. <laughs> is this a term that exists? It's not a term that exists. It has not been coined. So you've invented I this. invented it. I invented it. And that what you just said to me, you translate that as safari, safari room. Safari room, yeah. Exactly. So like you can kind of create your own safari room through our music. And it could truly have been anything else. But I think that had a nice ring to it. And I, I think of, at the end of the day, it's just a name. But I think that's the name that came out of what I seek to accomplish with music is to kind of teleport people and bring them in to a different space. Who are your safari rooms? Mm. Who are the bands and artists that built Alec Hochul's safari rooms? Talk about like your young Alec. Yeah, I mean, for me, <laughs> for me, I can always go back to very specific moments in my life that a turned me on to just music in general. When I was five years old, my dad, in particular, we were talking about my dad before with movies. The same thing with music. He was a music fan who never had any interest when I was younger in playing an instrument or. A, we had a piano in the house, but he did never played it. It was my mom's side of the family that dabbled, I, I would say. But he had a massive record collection, and he was a baby boomer, and he was totally into all the popular music of the time, which was the Beatles. And he would put on two particular songs, Billy Joel's Zanzibar. There's a horn solo in the middle where the cadence and the, the rhythm of the song completely changes. Also, Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brasses, Zorba the Greek. Same thing. I would. Um, I have. It's actually. Uh, I have a yellow bunny rabbit, which was like a childhood stuffed animal that I have, which is actually in that room still. I would stuff it into my little kid pajama pants and run around the house whenever my dad put those two songs on and to their you know to their ecstasy they would right. they, as young parents they as would hell. get a yeah, kick out of exactly. it exactly and then of course once i got to high school and i met other like-minded individuals who weren't my folks when it came to music my first guitarist in my in my first real band turned me on to metallica and anthrax and iron maiden and that kind of sent me down absolutely different direction right a completely different direction <laughs> that my parents probably weren't as, as thrilled with but yeah. accepted yeah absolutely all right anyway so that's my story what's yeah yours? i mean so my my music taste has changed drastically it was always influenced by my folks and my older sister of four years like i grew up on like james taylor the clash beatles kansas sticks i hear a little james taylor in your voice yeah i i'm a big fan and wish I could play guitar nearly as good as he, because I think he's underrated in that. Well, there's something in the way she moves or looks my way or calls my name. So it, it went from kind of stuff like that to like my sister. I mean, I always kind of cringe saying it because I'm not a fan of them at all. My sister was a huge Rascal Flats fan when I was growing up. And so like <laughs> I was into Rascal Flats um, before I knew This interview is uh, over. <laughs> <laughs> what hurts the 
every step of the way in my music listening, I can kind of pick apart and go, okay, I can see why I like this or where I, or what I learned from that, where it's like Rascal Flats is like catchy tunes, harmony and emphasis on story. And where it's like, I could even find the good parts of Rascal Flats. Apparently, <laughs> I can't hard, say I've tried hard, hard enough. Hard to do. Yeah. Um, my guitar teacher told me about Rage Against the Machine. Mm. And so I went from like Rascal Flats to Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the. It's biggest. a natural progression. Exactly. You can see the parallels, right? It's almost As they're I in just, the same category in I'm the gonna, record store. I'm going to put them in the same sentence, and I'm just going to get. The Rascal Flats make records, like <laughs> final <laughs> records. <laughs> I, I bet they do now because vinyl's so popular. Your guitar teacher's responsible for this. Good yeah, for him. absolutely. And God so, bless this man for yeah, sending Thank you goodness onto for a Marty Lastavica. Much love to him. Uh, still a dear friend. And that's a guitar player. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, like, I learned those riffs and I was like, okay, rock is cool as hell. And so I think I kind of went all the way, like, riffs and stuff. And I was like, this is awesome. All that music takes me somewhere whether it's a place whether it's a time or whether it's just a totally different memory altogether i think it just it's it's music that tells a story has really wonderful textures and it's really methodically made i can also refer to a time like the first time i ever was in a small club to go see a show with with my friends at the now defunct academy a venue in midtown manhattan i went to go see the band jesus jones who had the big single at the time, right here, right now. But I also loved, my friends and I, because it was of the time, it was alternative music at the time with kind of an electronic elements to it. We liked the record, we just didn't, and the record after that is really good too, but nobody's ever heard of it. There was a band that opened up for them called Tribe, based out of Boston, Massachusetts. I'd never heard them. The lights go down. We're in the balcony, probably like, you know, 1,500 seat, medium-sized club in Midtown Manhattan. I'm 17 years old. And just hearing the drums mic'd up in this place. And that's it. I'm like, I want to play drums in a band, you know? And And I was already been like playing drums I think my parents got me a like you know some shitty kit, right? But at least they got me a kit like right. for Christmas when I was like thirteen. The starter I, kit. Yeah, and I yeah. was playing you know Beatles covers and Zeppelin covers, and you know, now I'm seventeen. I'm taking lessons, and then I'm in that club and I hear those mic'd up drums and I hear the crowd respond. Do you have a similar situation when it comes to why you decided to pick up the guitar and play it? I'd already played piano for five years before I picked up guitar. So I had like a musical background. My parents, or at least my mom, was really adamant that my sister and I were musically educated in some way, shape, or form. Why is that? She she almost was a music teacher or like went into music as a profession when she was in college or before she was going to college. So she like grew up playing piano, doing choir, all sorts of stuff like that. Why'd she stop? Uh, I guess I don't know why. She'll probably listen to this and be like, I told you this a million times. Um, <laughs> sorry about I want to know. Yeah. Exactly. No, I think it just wasn't the right <laughs> move at the right time. She still plays piano every once in a while. Well, she also had children. Exactly. Like, that. Yeah. I think, But I think that came a road. lot later than that. So, And then my dad, his story with music is basically that 
his mother when he quit piano because he apparently had just a wretch of a piano teacher. So both your parents Both my parents dabbled. Like, yeah, dabbled with music and played piano young. And what did they wind up doing? My dad is an attorney and my mom is a uh, marketing person. So a natural uh, switch. From exactly. <laughs> I think it's like, it's just one turn on the, one exit on the freeway. <laughs> but yeah, and so like my, my dad tells a story that my grandmother was like, you're going to regret quitting piano. He would tell me this story all the time when I was picking up piano, when I was like blossoming as a musician, young and like being like really sinking my teeth into it and wanting to do it for a career and moving away. He's always kind of like, I knew my own mom would, I didn't think my mom would be right. Coming from those two, it was important that I had music in my life, whether it was something I enjoyed or something I just did. Um, it's an activity. Exactly. Right. It's an activity. It keeps your brain stimulated and mm -hmm. apparently helps you with math. children play their hearts so full of joy don't tell them now that it could all end today the ones you love will always let you down. we're in nashville tennessee music city music is the thing here it's probably not unusual for a gentleman such as yourself to have his own musical project and also play guitar in someone else's band. It's a networking thing. It's a money-making thing. So what is it like being on both sides of it? Does it nurture you as a person and a musician? Yeah, I mean, I think every minute you spend practicing, whether it's on your stuff, her stuff, his stuff, all that is a conglomerate of like what you can offer musically. For me right now, it's like, I kind of needed this. I can take that time, take a little brain break from the constant hustle of booking and touring and all that. And I think working with an artist, getting good opportunities that perhaps Safari Room hasn't had yet and partaking of their projects, it's like, wow, this is really working for them. That's so cool. It's an education. Absolutely. Too. It's yeah. an education. And I think it's all good experience. And, and if, unless it starts to, and I've even kind of thrown that around where it's like, okay, so what if like things start moving faster in a different lane? Do I switch lanes? And it's like, it's kind of all, I'll figure that out when I get there. But the gut answer to me is kind of like, yeah. That's and a good problem you want Yeah, that's have. a good problem to have. And it's like, it's not going to be being like, oh, shoot, something's working. But it's like, <laughs> it's going to be like, okay, cool. Let's chase that. kind of like when you step away from something and you miss it 
And it's like, okay, that means that deep down in my gut, no matter what all the bullshit that I have about it, above the surface, deep down, I really do love it. It's always going to come back. Let's talk about like what you do now, right? You work in a church. I work in a church. So I was singing in the choir. So there you go. Supplemental income. I was working at the container store. And singing in a church and choir. And serving in a church choir. So how does this transpire? Do yes. you go to the church and say, I want to so be in the church So my classical choir? professor, Mark Watley, he was working at the church and he's like, hey, there's a spot opening up. Would you be interested in auditioning? I can get you a, an audition with the um, choir director. And I was like, yeah, it actually would be nice to have something I'm doing musically that is kind of a constant. Also, I enjoy singing choirs and classically. And so that was of great interest to me. And it was also like, okay, this is in my bailiwick. I can like make this happen. And it's not like a huge stretch. What's a bailiwick? A bailiwick is... <laughs> <laughs> I learned it from a, a friend as of recent. It's like something that you are capable of, something that you can do. It's like you're just like... I would have said wheelhouse. Is that... Wheelhouse. Yeah, okay. I was trying to think of another world. Yeah, so well, that's... This is a specific the, wheelhouse? This is the bailiwick wheelhouse? the bailiwick wheelhouse. That's like beautiful <laughs> redundancy. Um, but yeah, so that was in my bailiwick wheelhouse to sing classically, sing in a choir. So I was a section leader there. And so I did that until this April, I think is when I stepped away from that. Why did you quit the choir? I am a constant... Yes, I'll do that gig. Yes, I'll do this gig. Um, I push myself maybe a little too hard for Safari Room. I'm doing all the booking, all the management and stuff like that. And so running basically what is a small business sure. outside of a full-time job, the commitment to the just something else was tricky. It's even like, singing to God. E even singing to God. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather those hours go towards something similar or the same that I can kind of just go, okay, I don't have to come back to work. Or I don't have to be here another day. And what are you doing to fill those hours, you heathen? Oh, you know, um, <laughs> just... You're singing for Satan now. <laughs> the death I'm metal playing game. all my Beatles records backwards. <laughs> and uh, yeah. No, I am taking more time for myself. I understand that. Yeah, and Full so I well. think I, I needed six extra hours in my week that I could take care of myself. And I think just because of how hard I push myself, burning all the candles at all of their ends, it's exhaustive and leads to both physical and mental breakdowns. For sure. And so I think that's for me. If I had some poignant moments, this is not working. This is not a a feasible rate of work and busyness level to like i can't keep doing this would you share those moments with us yeah um i mean so i started having panic attacks and some even at work and so it's just kind of one of those things of i can no longer push myself this hard even if i'm going to push my body my body is now completely fighting back sure and it's like oh yeah you think we can keep doing this hell no so i thought I have to make this more of a priority rather than just being like, no, I'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'll just keep working. That'll help. Right. It could be <laughs> like, another nine months before exactly. I have a panic attack. Yeah, Who exactly. Knows? And so I think it's like the workaholism. It doesn't come from a, a negative place, but it, at a certain point, all that stuff can kind of boil. Have you had a panic attack since? here and there <laughs> mm, <all right>. so <laughs> so maybe you need like, to give up more I'm gonna, and i think absolutely apropos all right so what can i give up or rascal flats i gotta stop listening to rascal flats <laughs> they 
they make my heart race and they just form tears. I'm just saying. They form tears in my eyes. I'm not a doctor. I, I but just shake. You know, the symptoms are there and it makes a lot of sense it's to rascal me. Rascal fever. Just um, stop listening and see, you know, just, you know, what's the worst that could happen? You yeah. listen to less Rascal Flats? <laughs> exactly. Doctor recommended to <laughs> cease listening to the Flats. But no, I think self-care is not a overnight thing. I no. think it completely ebbs and flows and shapes to the situation where it's like, okay, here's a new stimulus. How do you continue to take care of yourself around that? I saw you crying in the garden. So strange to see on such a beautiful day. Suppose you're feeling broken hearted. The world around you just keeps letting you down. After is it joy? Am I reading this all wrong? Is this a thin projection of myself? Are you waiting for the gun of a race that can't be won? Let me come unlock the door and let you I want to create a hypothetical situation. Something else in your life takes off musically, whether it's a side project that you're a part of or something that doesn't even exist yet yeah. five years down the road. And Safari Room just doesn't elevate beyond what you've already done. Any regrets? Will you be upset? You know, How much are you invested in this particular project as opposed to being invested as a musical person. I asked this question because you put a record out. Yes. And the record does what it does. Yeah. And then you're already, like most wise musicians, already moving on to the next thing. Yep. The record's going to do what it's going to do. And you're not doing it because you're trying to go platinum. Right. You're I mean, not like, doing it because you want to open up for local natives. If I that, mean, if if that local happens, natives are listening, that would be I'm sweet. sure they are. So thanks, thanks for inviting us to play on your next tour. How do you weigh those different things when you when you consider Safari Room yeah. in the middle of all that? I, I think that's that's big. I think it's one of the most important, if not the most important thing I'm doing right now. Why? I, I, I think because I love it and I love making this music. I think for me, as long as that itch is still there to create in 2, 10, 30 years, I'm going to do it. And I can tell that you've been crying. What do you think you'd be doing if you weren't doing this? I always maybe imagined myself being like, maybe like a an English teacher with like a tweed jacket and like elbow pads, like Mr. Know. Keating in Dead Poet Society, Absolutely. or like Absolutely, <laughs> my captain, my captain. Now in this class, you can either call me Mr. Keating, or if you're slightly more daring, oh Captain, my captain. Yeah, I don't and know. He's come up a lot. Of, I mean, I really like. I mean, even I think, obviously, books and novels and whatnot. It's all art. So I think in, in some way, shape, or form, I'd still be connected. I think I really enjoyed writing, and not even songs. I enjoyed writing p 
papers in college and essays and stuff like that. Mm. I think I, I can Same. I can wax a word. And so it's just like, or I guess wax a phrase. Is that wax poetic? You can wax a word if you want. Wax a word. What an idiot. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. This is um, the guy who wants to be an English teacher. <laughs> this guy who wants to be on interviews and podcasts and use uses words incorrectly. Foggy. Myths is just one of 11 excellent songs on the Safari Room album, Complex Houseplants. Find out more, follow the band online, and buy the album on vinyl at safariroomband.com. I want to thank Alec for the great company and conversation. Our sponsor, Mackie. Mackie touches every corner of the creative space, from studio recording, mixing, and monitoring to a full range of live sound solutions. They got microphones, mixers, headphones, and more. Mackie helps me make this award-winning podcast. And they pay me for it, too. Thank you, Mackie. More info at Mackie.com. Follow Independent Minded at BaldFreak.com. Next time on Independent Minded, UK guitarist Mike Evans ditches his rock star dreams to create a cyberpunk pixel art animated music adventure. Then, he turns me into a cartoon. Cartoons will rot your brain.